Welcome to Publishing Dribble, the podcast that breaks the rules and helps you kickstart your career as a successful nonfiction author and entrepreneur. I'm your host, Melina Benson. If you're an entrepreneur, I'm sure you have experienced being stuck from time to time. In this episode, I talk to Andrew and Pete about the fears and internal struggles that are often stopping entrepreneurs from success. Best friends and business partners since university, Andrew and Pete are the hosts of the YouTube channel Andrew and Pete and of the annual event Atomicon, which happens in Newcastle, UK. But first and foremost, they are the leaders of the community Atomic that helps entrepreneurs transition their businesses into a scalable model and grow their income. I first met Andrew and Pete when they were keynote speaking at Social Media Marketing World 19. And when we met again in February, I asked them to come on this show and share their journey as entrepreneurs and what working with their community has taught them about what's stopping entrepreneurs from growing their businesses. It's not about marketing strategies or how to build an email list or how to run a webinar. Instead, we're talking about the internal struggles, the fears and the reluctance to making the most important decisions, the real stuff that are holding many an entrepreneur back and preventing them from having the success they deserve. We talk about profit, leadership, human marketing, time management, sales, and a whole lot of other things. So here we go, friends. All right. Welcome to the show, Andrew and Pete. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're stoked and excited to be here. Woohoo! Yeah. So first, guys, I'd love to hear your story and how you've built your business. Ah, okay. So our story started back in 2008. In 2008, we both went to university. We met on the very first day of university. We were placed in the same halls of residence together. And then we lived together for for three years. We became really good friends. I think we both bonded over our ambition to one day rule the world and build our own business. We were both doing business degrees and we also ran the Entrepreneur Society whilst at university, which I think gave us our first real taste of what it was like to be an entrepreneur and build a business. And then we found university was pushing us more and more to get a corporate job. We thought about that, didn't we, Pete? But then I think because we both kind of had each other, we kind of like egged each other on as such. And we decided, you know what? Let's just launch a business fresh out of university. We thought like this is the perfect time. We have got no mortgages. We've got no wives. We've got no big real responsibilities. Let's just do this. So we launched three years after meeting. We were 21, fresh graduates. Um, At first, it was a web design and graphic design company, which morphed into a marketing agency which then morphed into Atomic, which is our membership that teaches small businesses, not just marketing, but just how to run and grow a scalable business. So that is kind of us in a nutshell. I don't know. Did I miss anything, Pete? Anything important at least? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's covered it, pal. So you left the agency part behind and now it's Atomic. So what yeah. is Atomic? Yes. So basically... When we work with a lot of small business owners, they all start up a business. They've got all these big dreams and ambitions. 
And what typically happens is they kind of just get bugged down in one-to-one work. So, you know, if you're a, a website designer or a graphic designer or a marketing expert or something like that, you end up just doing the work and then you kind of hit a cap to how much money you make. And then, and then what do you do? Okay. Some people get a little bit bored. Some people get fed up. Some people just burn out completely. And so what Atomic's about is how to transition into a more scalable model. So whether that is by growing your team, whether that's by launching some courses or memberships or earning money from affiliate income, basically just like making that transition so that you can start making more money without having to actually do more. And that's obviously for us, what we did, we transitioned from the one-to-one work to a membership. It doesn't have to be a membership. You can grow your team so you don't have to do anything. Um, but that's just one way to do it. So um, we love to help small business owners that, you know, they've got a skill, they've got a passion, um, they want to run a business, but they, they, they're just kind of like overwhelmed with all this stuff that they have to do. And they just want to earn more. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not here to like be one of those slimy internet marketers that's like, hey, launch a course and, you know, you're going to make... Build a funnel, run to Mars. Yeah, you're going to make like... magic bullet. $10 million in your first year, right? We're not here to like sell you this slimy dream. Um, but if you focus on the right things, you can make a ton of money very quickly um, and you can replace yourself from having to do all that work. And, and the whole idea behind Atomic is that it's for the small and mighty business. So we never wanted to grow a business where we had hundreds of employees and big offices like we actually saw the opportunity to stay small, stay a small business, and make more money just by scaling the smarter way, whether that's building a virtual team, whether that's launching scalable products like memberships, or just raising your prices. So they're, they're kind of the three key things that we teach in Atomic, so you can be a small and mighty business. Yeah. And now you, you've built your business straight out of university. I come from a corporate background, and there... We are taught that, uh, yes, you should definitely go corporate as soon as you finish <laughs> in university. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with that. But also that uh, there's a certain regime around what marketing is and how you uh, succeed in marketing. So what what kind of a mindset did you enter into entrepreneurship with? Was marketing something that you just loved from the beginning or did you struggle? When we first left university, we we had the ambition that we were going to make millions by the age of 21 and, you know, retire early and all this kind of stuff. And what we realized was that, you know, business is hard. There's a lot of life lessons to learn. And uh, maybe maybe we won't get funding for that, that app idea straight away because we need to earn our stripes first and, and so forth. So it was a bit of a culture shock at first, wasn't it? Yeah, I think going back to the like the topic of this podcast, when we first started, we did like a lot of networking and we were like checking out our competition. And especially when we were running like the design and web design company at the time, like a lot of our competition in the market was a little bit more corporate. Like at these networking events, they would wear the suits, they would have all the lingo and they would like know what to say and we're really polished. And we were like 21, didn't really know what we were doing at the time. And at first, we did try to kind of conform to that. And we wore the suits and we tried to use the lingo and we tried to seem a bit smarter than what we were at the time. 
And I think we quickly realized, didn't we, Pete, that that wasn't going to work. And then as soon as we thought, right, okay, let's not be the suits. Let's just be the young 21-year-olds that we are and actually use that to our advantage. So we put a lot of that kind of youthful energy into the brand. We completely redesigned and relaunched like the company website, the company name. We, when we were going to these networking events and networking with people, we weren't always wearing suits. We were going and just being ourselves. Sometimes we would go and we would like throw chocolates across the room if we would had the, a chance to like talk to the room. And we kind of built our brand very kind of quickly, especially in our local market, just by kind of embracing the youthfulness of like what we actually had. Um, before we even realized the importance of remaining human, I think it was kind of just a survival technique for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why do you think it is so that we have to learn that lingo and wear that suit? It's even worse when a woman has to do it, I can tell you. <laughs> I think it's like kind of expected, isn't it? Like you're just expected to wear and and rise to these like standards. But the, the more casual and the more, not casual, but the more ourselves we wear, the, the better we did. Like we're, we're just sat here now in like t-shirts. Um, like, you know, there's no suit, a shirt, like, inside. I haven't, I haven't worn my shirts in years. <laughs> like, it sounds terrible. It's like the older we get, the less formal we dress. Yeah. Because the more we don't, we realize we don't have to and we're just, like, be something else to succeed. Yeah, well, like, we're confident in ourselves now. So, like, we don't need to prove to anyone, right? Like, we don't need to prove to anyone anything anymore. We, we can prove that we're credible, not by the way we look, but by the results we've got, the results that we've got our Atomic members, by the accolades we have, by like our rankings, by the content that we have, like we can show our credibility and trust that way. Like we don't need to wear a suit anymore. Yeah, it was definitely like a look at me, look, I'm professional. I'm a real business person because like, I wear a suit. It's like overcompensating, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. So I remember... Uh, it's quite a while ago now that I listened to some other podcast where you were guesting. I, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember you shared a lot of great tips about how you created that human connection within Atomic. Yes. Could you share some of those? Yeah. So when people join Atomic, we don't want them to feel just like another number. Obviously, it's a membership site and it's a one-to-many model. But like one of the things that we've been really conscious about creating is like this real sense of community and this kind of real sense of family. So when people join Atomic, like we try really hard to make sure that we create that connection in the most scalable way possible. So for example, we have a community manager and we have an Atomic matchmaker. So our Atomic matchmaker's job is to match up members that need to speak to each other. So she's almost like head of networking within Atomic because like it's no good that all of our members know us. Like that's not a community. A community is when all the members know each other. So it's not just a case of, okay, I know who Andrew Pete is. You need to know who Sarah is. You need to know who Laura is. You need to know who everyone is. So we're very intentional about making sure people know each other. People have regular chances to like hop on Zoom, talk to each other. Um, we do what we call table discussions that members can host so they get to know each other. We even do a 
networking events as well every month for the members. Like yeah. we, and we try and do as much personal reach out as possible with our members. We have, uh, like monthly meetings where they can come on, hop onto zoom and talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we do loads and loads of stuff to actually have that personal connection from us and from our team and from each other. Because like, if you want to succeed in business, then you're going to have to do some pretty scary things, things that you've never done before. You're going to be challenged every single week. And if you're not being challenged every single week, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough, right? You're not achieving your full potential. And so we need support in that, right? Because we're going to eventually hit a point where we go, I don't know if I can do that. Am I good enough to do that? I'm a little bit worried about doing that. Like, what if there's a risk there? Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to hold myself back. And the only thing that's going to push you is like having that support of people around you to say, you know what, actually you can do it. And why haven't you done it yet and do it already? Yeah. So it's both for accountability, but also uh, cheerleaders and yeah, exactly. simply yeah. people who get that you even bother trying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We like, we do actually care about our members. <laughs> like we want them all to succeed. Yeah. Okay, any other? Sometimes sometimes you need to push them for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've also, in, in my programs, I have also have a, a accountability part where I, I poke them every time I don't see them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think it's important. I think especially if you are managing people or you've got some kind of community that like caring about them and sometimes having to tell them not necessarily what they want to hear. I think especially in the in the marketing world, in the online business world, there's like lots of shiny objects and a lot of people want to do a lot of things. And like we've seen it when we've worked with other coaches that just like kind of been yes people and said like, yes, do that. Yes, do that. Yes, do that. Where like in Atomic, we want them to succeed. And we know that if someone's, going down like the wrong path or maybe needs to think about something in a different way, like not being scared to tell your customers or tell your community, like, have you thought about doing it like this or come on, like what the hell are you doing? Like pull yourself together. You, you've got this. Yeah. And I also guess that, uh, oh, no, no, I don't guess, I know that both your retention rate, but also uh, referrals uh, and then pulling new people into the membership it depends on you actually caring about them and helping them getting those results. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like yeah. as soon as we put a process in place to make sure people had a great experience. Cause when we first launched atomic, it was, yeah, we had like the wealth. Everyone has the welcome sequence, don't they? Everyone has like the five to 10 emails that they send out when someone joins and they get onboarded. But as soon as we actually thought about that properly like we thought about right what are people's concerns when they join a membership like what do we actually want them to do and it's not a case of just saying like here's the group like here's where you find the training but like telling them why they need to engage in the group like why they need to watch specific trainings and then building that like personalization element in it, whether that's like Heather welcoming them or them getting and they get a postcard from us and they get a little wristband when they join like when you first fill it in, like when you first join, you fill out a little instant win form. So you tell us a little bit about your business mm-hmm. and instantly you get sent the most relevant training for you to watch first, mm-hmm. which is going to give you the biggest impact. Yeah. Um, like however, we saw an immediate, as soon as we started doing all of that, 
like we saw an immediate um, increase in retention rates and just success within um, from our members. And it's not like a one uh, like a one and done kind of situation either. Like it's something that we are constantly thinking about. Right, what's working in this onboarding process? What's not working on this onboarding process? Like how do we scale up the personalization? when we went from like less than a hundred members to hundreds of members. So it's something that's constantly going on in our minds, something we constantly want to improve. How about you showing up as leaders of the community? Did you change that while you were growing? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like from day one, we've always kind of showed up. Um, Often I think we, we got to a point where we were doing the one-to-one stuff and we were doing the, the atomic membership and we weren't able to give as much time to the membership as we would have liked. So we scaled back all the one-to-one stuff and just stopped doing and eventually stopped doing the one-to-one stuff completely. So we could focus a hundred percent of our efforts in atomic. And then, cause I think a lot of people think like the membership models is a very passive income stream when like in reality it's not. Like memberships take up a lot of time, and if you really want to be there for for your community and for your guys, like it should really be your, it should get all of your focus if you really want to do it right. Um, so I think over the years we've managed to like stop doing things that take away our attention, so we can spend more time in Atomic. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe just as the years have gone on, and me and Pete have learned more stuff, and as well, we're all constantly learning, right? Um, we have become better leaders we've maybe had more confidence to tell people like yeah don't do that do this instead and as well just leading by example mm-hmm. you know well we can't tell our members to fire their clients if we can't fire our clients right if you want to invest if you want to like make more money you need to focus on the income streams that are going to make you the most money for us we had like nine different income streams we had to stop those income streams, focus on the thing that was going to make us more money, and instantly we like doubled our income. And like we've seen that happen time and time and time again with all our members that do it. But we couldn't tell our members to do that if we couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, and like if we're saying show up, create content, like we're going to do that. If we say you know um, you shouldn't be tempted by those shiny objects then we can't be tempted by those shiny objects Mm -hmm. so we have to lead by example as well okay so how have you designed your products apart for the actual engagement in the community but how do you balance designing products and offers that balance that human touch and the scalability well does it just means that you have a, a lot more people on each coaching call or how have you done this? I mean, there's a lot of great tools out there. So for example, one tool that Pete just touched on there that we use is Response Suite. So we Response Suite plugs into your email marketing software and it will people can fill out surveys and complete forms, which then personalizes the automated side of the business. Like they can tell us what they are working on. And then Response Suite does some like cool stuff behind the scenes and will feed them personalized information that that keeps that kind of personal touch. Um, the other part of it is just really growing the team. We're now up to 13 virtual team members and just processing and outsourcing has, we've just been absolutely obsessed by for the past maybe two to three yeah. years. 
especially as the uh, membership grew and we couldn't do all the personalization stuff ourselves. So we have the community manager, we have the matchmaker, we've got our online business manager, we've got a whole head of Atomic that just makes sure everything's working, everything's right, everyone gets answered quickly. Partnership manager, email yeah. person, graphic designer, a host of the master classes. Yeah. We've got all sorts going on. And just like being, I think it's, it's sometimes a little bit scary to kind of grow the team and to kind of lose some of that responsibility or pass some of that responsibility on. And it's definitely something that we've learned how to do better over the last few years we've been doing it. But just creating processes, having really good communication mm. with the team. Like we use Slack, we use Asana, make sure everything's getting done. But like, I don't think you can, you can actually serve hundreds if not thousands of people as like yourself like you definitely need to bring in help yeah do you think people do that they're too reluctant to do that yeah yeah like if you want to grow your business you need to outsource it's as simple as that like there's no other way around it like you should be doing like the thing that you're really good at okay the thing that you can charge money for you should be out there making money Everything else in your business needs to be outsourced. And then eventually, that what you actually do should also be outsourced. And sometimes it's in the reverse order. You know, if you're a social media manager, let's say, like you can just keep selling all day long and just keep on getting social media managers to do the work for you. And that's how you can grow your business. Like people need to realize that they are not a social media manager, they are not a graphic designer, you are not a marketer, you are not you know, uh, a workplace HR consultant, right? You are a business owner. And as a business owner, you need to realize that if you want to grow, you need to outsource. Everyone will get to that point where they can't do everything, you know? And yes, there's like, there's like emails, there's, there's bookkeeping, there's accounts, all that stuff can be gone straight away, calend- like calendar management, yeah? But then there's like the actual work you do, there's that processes in that there's a client management there's the crm like stuff there's there's all these different roles that you actually do which you shouldn't be doing and gradually you want to onboard people to replace all those things and that's how you'll make more money because let's say let's say if you charge like a hundred pound per hour and you outsource a task for 25 pound an hour like all of a sudden, technically, you just made seventy-five pounds if you can fill that time. Yeah, I think a lot of people just see outsourcing as a cost, and outsourcing is a cost if you outsource the wrong things. So often, people will outsource the things that make them no money, but they just feel like they should be doing. So, for example, you might a lot of people will say to us, "Oh, I'm going to outsource my Twitter because I hate doing Twitter. It's like my least favorite social media platform." Well, we would say. Is Twitter actually bringing you any leads in right now? And they would say no. And we would say, right, you don't need to outsource Twitter. You just need to stop doing Twitter because it's doing nothing for you, right? Outsource the stuff that is currently working so you can either do more of it or do it better. Other things that you don't necessarily need to do, like your email management or your calendar management or your bookkeeping, like someone else can do that. And as long as you can fill that free time with income generating activities, then outsourcing isn't a cost outsourcing is an investment in your own time back to make more money one of the best things that might help you if you're worried about outsourcing is just creating a little buffer 
and doing a trial. So everyone should be taken on on a trial basis anyway. But if you said, let's say, for example, you saved up like $500 and you said, uh, no, $1,500, like $1,500, and you're going to take someone on for $500 a month to help you um, just for three months as a trial to see how much time it would save and how much money you could make in that time saved. And I know someone who did this and they made $21,000 in that first, I think it was like the first three weeks. Um, Just say, I love that we're in the UK talking to Denmark and we're still using dollars as the example. For yeah, some I don't reason. know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they were American no, and they told me it was dollars. <laughs> So I knew I had that example coming up. Uh, <laughs> but like that, that's what I mean, right? Well, as soon as you free up your time, you can make way more money. So you just need to constantly free up yeah. your time. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're not doing a lot of stuff that you shouldn't be doing, you you do also have that time to show up uh, for yeah. your community and be be more um, get more exposure also. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that kind of activity is also taking up a lot of time. So that said, kind of leaning into selling, mm-hmm. how to remain human while selling. Yes. Okay. So we love this question because we a hundred percent agree with how important like remaining human is and building relationships and building your community and building trust is. Like that's all really really important. What we've found, I don't think marketers are especially bad at this. I don't think it affects other business owners, but other marketing companies, they've just heard this message so much that like social should be social. We need to be human. We need to build community. That they almost get the impression that selling is bad and that we can't sell on social. And we think that's just completely wrong because like at the end of the day, yes, we love helping people. But like we're all in this to build our businesses and make money. And you cannot ignore that sales is a really important part of your business. And I think if you know that your service or your product is good and it helps people, then you cannot be scared of selling that product. So as much as we create content and as much as we like show up for our community like we will also like unashamedly sell to people that we know atomic can help yeah and that's the key right if you if i i know for a fact that if a small business owner joins atomic i can help double their income in the next month to six months like it's a fact we've done it hundreds and hundreds of times over i know that so do i feel bad about selling no Is it my duty to sell? Yes. Because if I see a business out there and I know I can help them, like why would I not sell to them? It would be unfair. It would be selfish of me to not sell to them because they're struggling or they could make more money. They're not hitting their potential. And with my help, they could, right? So you need to take that ownership on yourself that you can help people. And the only reason that people don't sell more is because of their own self-confidence holding them back. If you believe in your product, then amazing. If you don't believe in your product, you need to do everything you can to make sure that you do. Mm -hmm. So gather as many testimonials as possible, improve your services as much as possible. You know, 
or, or just stop offering that thing, right? Because you're never going to go anywhere if you don't believe in what you actually sell. Most people do though. Okay. Most people do. Yeah. So at that point, you need to really, like really focus on selling and like have it in the diary every single week. I'm talking about one to two full days a week, like just spent on sales. Because if, if your business also isn't profitable, then you don't give a good service. So we've seen this time and time again. If someone's service isn't profitable and it becomes like a stressor for them, or it becomes just like a side hobby that doesn't need to make that much money, like your focus comes off that and therefore you're not serving the customers that have bought from you like in, in the best way possible. So you've got to sell. It's got to be profitable. It's got to make money. And you are not being not human for the sake of um, using the terminology by like, telling someone who you know your product or service can help, hey, this can help you. Can I tell you more about it? Like when it comes to spammy, automated sales messages, like connecting with someone on LinkedIn and then automatically they're just sending the same message to everyone, like that, we are 100% no-no to, like that's just icky. But yeah. like if you know, if you've connected with someone, you know someone and you know that you can help them. And like in Atomic, we teach ways to work out who in your community is actually interested and ready to buy like approaching that person and just like asking them, Hey, can I give you more information about this is. And there's, there's like a thousand different ways to sell without being sleazy or slimy. Like, mm-hmm. like we, this is this kind of stuff we love to teach. Like there's ways to, you know, get people to, you know, essentially raise the hand and say that they're interested so that you can follow up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've almost brought it upon themselves to have that sales conversation. Like there's ways to do that and generate that kind of demand. Yeah. Um, I do think people are generally scared of selling though because they are scared of not being perceived as human or not being perceived as doing the right thing as what like other marketers have told them what good marketing looks like. Yeah. Like we've seen it. Like our community members have said like so-and-so have said they're interested, have sent them a proposal and have heard nothing back. And it's like, well, they've told you they're interested. Like you need to follow up. You need to go like sell to them more. Like they probably have just like left it and lost it in their inbox somewhere. You need to go like chase that lead. Like they've said that they want it and there's like an innate fear in them that that person is going to think that they're a bad person for following up, which is just not the case. There's also this idea that they're scared of getting a no. Um, And there's also this really, really big one. If you are new in business that um, this is a really like subconscious thing. So if you are new or if you've got a new product or something like this and you've not got many clients for it, you, you might be subconsciously holding yourself back because you're afraid of actually getting a client. Because if you get that client and you aren't actually good enough and you let them down, what would happen at that point? Well, you would, you, you would have let the client down. You, you're going to have failed them. They're going to fire you. You're going to have failed at business. And, and all these little mini movies go around in your head like you're the worst person ever. And this fear is so intense that this might happen that you don't actually sell in the first place. Now, if you were to ask these people, do you want more clients? People would say, yeah, I'm desperate for money. But if you were to actually just follow their actions, none of their actions actually involve them being like 
like getting the actual sale. They will not follow up. They will not be proactive. They will not do the content that gets them the demand. They will not do anything subconsciously that will actually get them a client or they'll get a lead in and they'll go, oh, they're not quite right for me. That you know, I'll pass them along mm-hmm. when actually they could. Yeah. They could have sold to that person. Yeah. I think like one of the, like the big things that kind of underpins all this is like stop waiting for sales to come to you. I think marketers often will often will preach that, like build your audience, build the community, like publish consistently. Like these are all important and this is how you're going to grow your business. But the sales will not come unless you go get them. And that becomes a lot easier once you have built your audience by being human, by letting people in, by letting them trust you. But like you need to do that sales part of it or like, like marketing is nothing without sales part of it. Yeah. Like, so for example, we had a member who had building, been building their audience for like maybe 18 months and they came to us and they were like, well, I really need to monetize this now. Right. And they, they built a group of uh, maybe like 2000 people. And we were like, okay, like just ask if they want your help in the group. Like literally just one post. And you know how many comments she got on that asking her? Nope. That they wanted to work with her. 280. Oh, wow. She had like 280 comments of people that wanted to work with her. <laughs> and she just hadn't. She could have got one client like a year ago when she had 200 people in the group or even five people in the group. Like she could have just asked the same question at the very beginning and made money straight away, but she just didn't. I I do agree that it's important to start building your audience and building your community, all of that other stuff that is, you can say the more long-term strategy, but I, I also see this, that quite often people are very hesitant to just reaching out Mm -hmm. and, and you, if you have a premium service, especially, or, and, and in almost any business you can, you can create some sort of premium service and find Mm -hmm. that one client that is willing to pay a little bit more and you can, you can survive for quite a while from that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most entrepreneurs need a lot less sales success in the beginning that they think. Uh, and I, I completely agree that there's this fear of judgment uh, and even from oneself uh, that, that are holding people back. So they're not even trying, they're obstructing their mm-hmm. own uh, yeah. effort to getting that sale. Yes. And I think it's pitched that social media content marketing is a long-term strategy. But like, you're completely right. Like who needs to, like most of us need to make money like now, not in the long term. Like we have bills to pay now and like going more higher price in the beginning is something we teach as well in Atomic because like there's no point in trying to sell like 30 pound courses when you've got an audience of like 20 people, but you could sell a thousand pound a month package or a two thousand pound a month package. See, I'm using pounds, not dollars. Mm-hmm. It's not in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much easier to sell a two thousand dollar or two thousand pound uh, course with a little bit of one to one time in there, you know, to to five people than it is to sell like a thousand of those at yeah. like twenty quid. And and like going back to what you said earlier as well, like when you have a smaller audience, you can be a lot more less automated and a lot more human and a lot more personalized 
with like researching who those five people are that are in your Facebook group, like what they're working on right now. How can I reach out to them in a way that lets them know that I've done my homework and I'm not just spamming them like I'm doing with everyone else? And especially I have a lot of course creators in, in my audience and they are teaching something. So they are providing some sort of transformation or a transition or something to those they want to teach. And quite often what they don't realize also is that marketing and selling is helping that other person make mm-hmm. a decision and move forward with their dreams. Yes. And, and that's, that's why most of them are building their business. That is because they want to help other people achieve something. Yes. Exactly. But they're stopping themselves from helping that person getting started. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I honestly do think it comes down to confidence and just, we call it confidence plateaus. So people will, are so nervous or so unconfident about like doing the things that they know they need to do, that business just plateaus. And like a lot of the work that we think needs done in this industry and what we're trying to do in Atomic is just helping small business owners like overcome their own confidence plateaus so they can help more people whilst helping themselves in their own business. Because there's some really, really important plateaus that people hit. And depending on your level of confidence, you will hit one of these plateaus like at some point. And this is like what we've discovered talking to all our members and what we're trying to help them with. Like, for example, straight away, like, do you niche down? Do you not niche down? It's a big, scary decision. Okay, number one, you're stuck. Already you're stuck, yeah. right? And then you don't do much. You plateau, right? Because you can't make that scary decision. How much should you charge? Well, you should probably charge more, but you're too scared of raising your prices. You're stuck again. Now you have to do a ton of client work at a low rate. You've got no time to do any business development or create content. So you're stuck. You plateau like reaching out to influencers to be a guest on podcasts or do webinars or do, do joint collaborations. You're too scared they're going to say no. You don't do it. You plateau. You don't grow your audience quick enough. Outsource. You need to outsource. You don't outsource because you're scared it's going to be a big cost you can't afford. Boom. Like you're stuck. You're plateaued. It keeps on going and going and going and going. Like, so that's why for us, like the community um, and the things we do, and we also do some other cool stuff um to help people get over the plateaus but like this is why this is so important like business is easy it's very logical but yet people are very emotional and so what we teach in atomic is like okay these are the steps you need to take but like let us know where you're going to be scared because like we can help you overcome those barriers you know so you can actually start growing your business yeah, that's. I guess that's where the real value is. For let's face it, most of the information and most of the strategies and techniques, you can find a, a ton of that just searching for yeah, for that inspiration. Yeah. But but that support, that finding the courage to actually pursue this dream mm-hmm. uh, and build a business, I, I guess that's that's where where the real value is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you already mentioned your, did you mention Atomicon or was that before we started recording? I don't remember anymore. Uh, No, I don't think we mentioned it. (laughs) Will will Atomicon be back next year? Yes, Atomicon, it's in in the diary for, at the moment, April 27th next year. I had to think about it then. April 27th next year, 
uh, Newcastle upon Tyne. Yeah. We've got Deborah Meaden from Dragon's Den, Keynoten for us. So yeah, we are so excited for Atomicon. It's like our big get together for our membership. And it's included for free for all Atomic members. And we love it. We absolutely love getting the gang together and celebrating our wins and just meeting the people that we have spent like all year networking with, talking to. It's just it was just it's just the best. Experience. Yeah, it's like the highlight of our it. career, isn't it? <laughs> Launching that event. We love it. Well, I think that I will hopefully be there next year. So hey. <laughs> I was planning on going wow. this year, actually. But before I actually signed up for it, we had a new friend called Corona. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> We'd love to see you there next year. Yeah. yeah. And like for anyone that doesn't want to travel, like you, it will all be live streamed as well. So mm-hmm. oh, cool. you can watch it online or you can come in person. We've got some cool things up, up our sleeves for live, live stream. It's not just going to be, you're not going to be sat alone watching all the fun happening. Don't worry. We've got some special things for our live stream viewers. Uh, yes. I'm going to have to invite you back to tell us about how you did that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having us. It's been pleasure. a blast. Thank you, Melanie. Been a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. My friends, are you letting yourself being stopped by fear or discomfort? Have you hit one of those plateaus we talked about? I want to leave you with one important question. What is the one thing you know you should be doing, but you're not? Is it outsourcing? Is it reaching out and finding your first customers? Is it testing your solutions so that you're comfortable with what you're selling? What is it? Just one thing. Then ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if you could survive that now, let's go build some businesses, okay? So thanks for listening, my friend. If you want to make sure that you won't miss an episode, go to the show tab and hit that subscribe button. And if you have a minute, let's help others find this too, shall we? Hit five stars if you love the show and let them know too. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.